Their bellies were full. They had shared a, a great meal. The Passover had been observed with wonderful food and fine wine. But now it was time for a walk, an after-meal stroll. And they head to a place where they often go, a place where they feel comfortable, a place where they feel safe. It's a quiet spot. It's an escape from the long days in Jerusalem. You could say it was their sanctuary, their place of refuge and protection. And so they get to this place and they settle in just like the past few nights. But this time Jesus comes to them and he says, pray He says, pray that you may not enter into temptation. Why? Why does Jesus say this to his disciples? It's because he knows what's about to come. It's because he knows what's about to happen. This cup that he will drink will throw his disciples for a loop. They will no longer be complacent. They will no longer be comfortable. This garden, their quiet and safe sanctuary, is about to be turned upside down. It's about to be broken. Broken by one of their own. Yes, Judas. But Jesus knows more. He knows that the real horror for him is about to begin as he finishes his mission for which he has come. And so while he told the disciples to pray, he went off a little bit further and and he fell down on his knees, which was not the custom, but he fell down on his, his knees and he prayed, Father, if there is another way, if you are willing, Father, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. What is that cup? Jesus knows what it is. He knows the Old Testament. Jesus, both true God and true man, is fully aware of what is going to happen to him. He knows what the prophet Isaiah wrote in chapter 50. It says, I gave my back to those who strike and my cheek to those who pull out the beard. I hid not my face from disgrace and spitting. He knows what the psalmist says in Psalm 22. I'm poured out like water. And all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It is melted within my breast. My strength is like dried up potsherd. My tongue sticks to my jaws. They've pierced my hands and feet. I can count all my bones. They stare and gloat over me. They divide my garments among them. And my clothing 
They cast for lots. So now, in just a few moments, all the prophecies, all that Jesus came to this earth for would begin to take place. It's no wonder he was there on his knees praying, Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. But there is no other way. His will, the Father's will, will be done. And the safety and security of Gethsemane's sanctuary will be gone. Now remember what Jesus told the disciples to do before he wandered a little bit further off. He told them to pray. And now we don't know what they were thinking, but maybe they were like, okay, we can pray. We've done this before. But he he said, pray that you will not enter into temptation. But in their minds is what kind of temptation is going to overcome them here? In the safety of Gethsemane, where they've been so many times before. So as they pray, that food settles in a little bit more, and that wine overcomes them even a little bit more, and they drift off to sleep. (laughs) Now no succumbing to temptation while they sleep. And as the story moves along, we see a crisis break out. And when this crisis breaks out, what happens to those disciples? When evil falls on them in the midst of their sanctuary, what happens to them? They're done. They're lost. They they fall apart. They collapse. They break. It's not just those disciples, is it? It's not just those disciples who have sanctuaries, right? They're they're quiet, sacred space where they feel safe. You and I, we've got them too. We've got sanctuaries, spaces where we feel protected from the world. Places that we can relax and be comfortable and secure in in familiar surroundings. And, And maybe even those safe places where we can count on being safe and secure Our sanctuary is not bound by by a physical space. We have those places that are special and precious to us that give us security until sin finds its way in. Right? Evil welcomes itself to the party as an uninvited guest. And then what happens? What happens to the home? What happens to the relationships in the home? To the family that you have made your security blanket when sin creeps in and destroys? Happiness is gone. Peace drains away. And the home blows up like an atom bomb. No more peace. No more security. No more safety. No more sanctuary. And it's not just the home, right? For some, it's the workplace. For others, it's the toys. It's friends and spouses and children. Oh, my. No matter what it is, when sin enters in, boom. Gone is the safety and security 
of your Gethsemane. And maybe that sin has crept into your sanctuary that has been with God himself. It's not out of the question. Satan works hard to pull us away. And so maybe Satan has polluted your mind with sins of of pride and self-righteousness. Or or maybe you become lazy and comfortable. Maybe your relationship with God is shallow, predictable, and empty. You just go through the motions. No joy, no excitement. You just do it because you know it's what you're supposed to do. And then maybe you just feel like God's not there. He's not there like he once was. He's withdrawn himself. Your sanctuary, your safe places are vacant. And Jesus is is nowhere to be found. He's a stone's throw away. And you are left alone. Because Jesus has taken some time away to pray by himself. You might not be comfortable hearing this, but he does this from time to time. You call out to him, but you receive no answer. You look for him, but you see nothing. You pray for his guidance and his protection, but you never see or hear anything. It happens. It does happen. But friends, it should not drive you to doubt. It should not drive you to despair. You see, you and I, were not the first ones to experience it. David said this, How long, O Lord? You ever heard of David, King David? How long, O Lord, will you hide yourself forever? Where are you, God? Why don't you do something about this mess? Don't you care? You see, it doesn't matter that Jesus told us ahead of time that this would happen. It it doesn't matter that If you and I have been warned not to let darkness and silence and loneliness into our life, if you and I have been warned to not let darkness, silence, and loneliness overwhelm us and lead us into temptation, doesn't matter. When Jesus withdraws, it is impossible to withstand. And then the great sin of despair works its way in. It works its way in and it tempts you to give up. To give up even on God. This is what happens when Jesus withdraws. And he intends it. He intends for this to happen. And this is not out of anger. This is not out of indifference that he withdraws and leaves your sanctuary empty and broken. 
It's out of love. It is out of love. You see, it's only when you have realized your own inability, it's only when you have realized you have failed in your own efforts, it's only when you have realized that when you have forsaken all possibilities of finding your own way, It's only when you have given up every single one of your sanctuaries except him. It's only then that you can be restored. It's only then that you can be restored. In love, Christ is broken for you. In that garden, on that night in which he was betrayed, Jesus drank the cup of wrath and began his walk for you and me. In him, we are restored. In Christ alone is our sanctuary found. He and he alone restores our brokenness. All those others, when sin and evil crept in, he alone restores our brokenness. I pray that you keep that in your mind as we move forward this day into tomorrow, into Good Friday, that you may see that the only truly safe place for you and me, our only sanctuary, is found fully in Jesus, is found fully in Christ, in the safety of His love, His mercy, His grace, His forgiveness, gifts. He freely gives to you by the power of the cross. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.